Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on this Missions America podcast. My name is Stephen Traxel. I'm the director of the Missions America Department of the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. So glad to have you joining us today. Uh, This Missions America podcast is all about church growth and church planting. If you're a pastor looking to uh, move beyond previous borders, or if you're someone that's looking to uh, plant a church, uh, our podcasts are geared and designed to give you the tools you need uh, to make your job uh, easier. It's not an easy job ministry, uh, but we hopefully that we can say a few things that might uh, equip you and help you on the journey ahead. So glad to have you joining us today. Today's a very special day, a special weekend for us here. Uh, of course, you know we're, we're uh, out of Clawson, Michigan uh, is where our podcast is being recorded today. And I've got some very special friends with me in, in studio, which is pretty exciting. They're not uh, on the phone, but they're with me here in studio. I've got Reverend Art Schnitzer uh, is joining us today. He serves as the church growth director for the uh, Assemblies of Lord Jesus Christ for the Missions America Department. And I've got my, my good friend, uh, Pastor Anthony Wilkes from VV, uh, Indiana, uh, here as well. And we've got a great topic for you today. Um, the, it's the important topic about the nuts and bolts of building guest relationships in your church. I do want to say before we get into our podcast, um, we are here because we are excited about our North uh, Missions America North Regional Conference happening this weekend uh, here at Grace Epsilon Church. And we are going to be hearing some great content about church growth, church planting. Uh, Pastor uh, Reverend Art will be talking about uh, do, uh, church uh, culture, how to, how to make your church more welcoming to guests. And of course, we're going to touch on that today uh, in this podcast. So if you are looking for just some tools, you're looking for some resources, Missions America wants to help you with that. You can tune in uh, to aljc.org, Missions America. You can find us. And of course, if you listen to this podcast, you'll hear some great things as well. So talking today about the important topic of nuts and bolts of building guest relationships, two things we want to cover, and I think uh, Reverend Arts can help us with this. One is making your church an inviting place to visit. And two, how to get them, how to get your guests to come back. That's a, always been a, a question for me. It's one thing as a pastor I deal with. Uh, a couple things here, uh, Statista.com. Uh, despite only about a fifth of Americans that attend church on a weekly basis, almost 40% consider themselves to be very religious with only uh, a fifth of Americans consider themselves to be very religious. 31% of Americans never attend church. 31%. Many articles we read today uh, don't give us a very positive news about the direction of our country. And when it comes to church attendance, uh, perhaps because uh, of the online experience after COVID and people just want to stay at home, um, many will say online's good enough. I'll just drink my coffee and eat my donuts at home and not go to church. Um, so that tells me that we need to capitalize and put a premium on every person that, in spite of statistics, say, I want to go to church. And, uh, and so, uh, Reverend Art, that those statistics of people just being happy being at home, um, you know, saying I'm, I'm, I'm going to do church online, we know that we want to capitalize on on every person that comes in. And, and first of all, uh, Brother Art, so good to have you here on our, on our show with us today. Good to be with you. And, and also, uh, Pastor Wilkes, man, gl- glad to have you here with us as well. I, th- I'm, I know that as a pastor, you probably see some of these trends uh, in VV Indiana as well. Yeah. Well, I, I want to be a blessing today. That's why you don't just look good. You're here to actually yeah, give some good content. I, 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 I'm interested to hear uh, the discussion, and I'm not sure I can add to it, but uh, where I'm at, we're a very small community, and so 
most of our guests we know already. Yeah. Uh, and I think that gives us an advantage, but we still have the challenge of uh, making them return guests. Right. So um, I'm very excited about this topic. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's just, just dig right in. Um, Art, if you, if you don't mind uh, talking to us about one, um, you can you're the you're the, the the guru on a lot of this stuff so i guess is it okay if we start talking about one how to make the church a friendly place where guests want to come and enjoy their experience sure obviously this is a big subject and it's hard to cover in just a few a few statements but first impressions are everything i always like to start off with a, you know a guest pulling up into the parking lot and the perception that they get from everything from the way your lawn is cut, the appearance of right. the building, uh, what happens when the front door is opened or they open the front door, that first impression is everything. And so the first thing I believe we need to focus on is that first 10-minute experience when you kind of walk through and see what your church seems like and looks like and sounds like and feels like when a person walks, in the, walks through that uh, front door. There are some differences in how we might treat or react to a guest or handle a guest in a, in a smaller church versus a larger church. Uh, a very small church, we want to make sure that we understand that a guest is going to feel very intimidated walking in the door and there's only a very few people. Mm -hmm. And so the very first thing we need to do is try to make them feel at home. Of course, that's that way with uh, every guest in any size church, but specifically in a, in a small church setting like that, you've got you've to take that edge off of them walking in and that sense of that the few people that are there are already knowing each other. It, the pendulum kind of swings both ways. You've got, you've got church situations, small churches, that people walk in and there, there's that sense that everybody there already knows everybody and you're walking into a strange environment and you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. Right. And then it's, the pendulum swings back in the other direction to those churches that are overly zealous with the guests that seems so fakey. I kind of do that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a guess. Uh, oh, a little overzealous. I'm not fake about it. I really am happy they're there. <laughs> right. But a little overzealous and in, in kind of over overdoing the welcome. You know, working with guests is, is, is more of an art than a science. It's not like a, a you know, a five steps. Here's what you should do with every guest in every church. It's, kind of like depends a lot on your uh, your circumstances of the congregation who you've got to be able to uh, to work with to help with the guests and so forth but just to just to start us off here that first 10 minute experience yeah. has to be right off the bat a very good experience and that's anything from what they smell when they walk that's in the exactly door. why i bought that air freshener that's for right. the lobby when they uh <laughs> what they're hearing is there some maybe nice uh, you know, gospel music in the background. What What is the atmosphere? What are, yeah. what are they feeling when they walk in the door? People go by, unfortunately, people go by feelings more than anything. How did they perception, feel when right. they walk in the door? That perception, exactly. So that's the first thing to start with. The, 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 ten, the 10 minute uh, yeah, rule. Eight Absolutely. to 10 minutes. People make up their mind in, with, and have that first impression in the first eight to 10 minutes. Yeah. And so that's when... That's when you want to make sure that they are greeted very pleasantly, uh, even if you if you can and you've got the people to be able to open that door for them, meet them right there as they're coming in out of the parking lot. Uh, now, it, I'm uh, I'm from FAC Maryville, and of course we 
we even have greeters in the parking lot. So yeah, it's like a, it's like the CIA out there, just right. You know, Joe and Nancy are coming in for the first time, and they've got children. And so the people at the front door, are like Joe and Nancy, your kids, and this is your birthday, and we're so glad to have you. And it's like, wow, that's yeah, amazing. yeah. And there's music, music in the parking lot, and so forth. Yeah. And so yeah, it's a very pleasant experience. You walk in, you smell the coffee shop and the things going on in the coffee shop, and so forth. So uh, all all those things were designed for a reason. There's a there's a purpose for those now. That, that is the key right off the bat of making sure that the very first impression that they get when they come in is a, is a good one. It's a, it's a positive one. Everything needs to be positive about them uh, that first first few minutes. And, you, of course, you, you talk about uh, in your sessions about church culture and, and church right. culture. And we were talking about actually had a great conversation today about scaling for growth yeah. and how that you need to set things in place at a small stage because some people say well yeah fac miracle they've got so many people but i've got my family and one of the family what can we do about it right but so, if you don't set up that that idea of the guest coming in experience it doesn't right. matter if you got 10 right. or ten thousand. picture picture a guest walking in your in, into your church and they're there they don't know anybody they came in they're, they're 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 there to check you out they may have received a piece of literature about your church an invitation from somebody passing by, whatever the reason was that they walk in the front door. They come in, they're greeted by a few, by a few people, and oftentimes what we do is they'll, they'll be seated in the congregation. They may have gotten there 20 minutes early. And so there they are, they're sitting in the congregation, and typically what a person will do is they're going to grab some information from your guest desk or whatever you may yeah. have or little little boxes that you've got some, uh, you know, weekly bulletins in or whatever. What, what do you think about bulletins uh, when they come in? Do you, do you Are you in agreement that churches should have those bulletins, like repent and X238 and all the information? Well, you're talking about tracks as opposed to tracks. bulletins. Oh, yeah. I mean, tracks. Tra- tracks. Um, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm kind of ambivalent about them. It is working for you. There are some well-written tracks. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't hurt. I wouldn't load yeah. them up with tracks as soon as they walk like in. Like the 666 number on people's foreheads. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't, <laughs> Stay I, away from the beast. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> load them up with tracks as soon as they walk in the door, obviously. Yeah. But what I'm trying to get across here, so here they are. Sometimes we let them just sit there. And, the, you know, they're, yeah. they're just waiting for church to start. They don't know what to do. A lot of times people aren't coming over and talking to them. They're, ju- they're just sitting there, and uh, you've got other people that are starting to come in the church and sitting there quietly, and everybody is facing to the front waiting for the service to start. And I cannot tell you how awkward that yeah. situation is for a guest. There has to be something that is taking place from the time they walk in the door yes. to the time that service, that service starts. I was in um, Florida at Brother uh, Luis Rodriguez Church, and he was running maybe I don't know forty forty five, and but he's got a, he's got a big building, he's got a full size building, and so people get lost in that building, and one of the things that he did mention was he uh, he the same thing he kind of wanted some help with some guests and so forth, and we had suggested something very very simple to him, and that was because he had plenty of room in his lobby, he's got quite a large building set up a little, you know, coffee and donut area, you know, draw people to that area. It's like an icebreaker. This is an, this is an example right. of things that you can do to create an atmosphere to begin to break down those barriers, that fear, that resistance in people, letting people uh, begin to be at ease and feel, feel at ease in, um, even before, the, even before the, f- the service starts. And so, did you want to... <laughs> So, and the whole coffee donuts thing is 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 right down 
the aisle or the lane, which is what I thought about. That's why we trans we transposed our Sunday morning experience to have breakfast and coffee because it's such a w- great way. Food always brings people yeah, close. Absolutely. So you uh, offer pre like a pre coffee or donut or something that experience there. Absolutely. A, a people socialize around that. Get a guest to come in there and and, and, right. and meet people. Right. And, um, but you're so right. That first ten minutes can be very awkward for a first time guest. Yeah, it can be. Now in a uh, you know in a larger setting, if you've got a a, a greater amount of people, it's it's it, it, strangely, but it's often not as intimidating for a person because, you know, just the crowd itself right. absorbs their nervousness. Yeah. But, you know, if you've got, if you're running 20 people and you get a guest or two, you know, they know that the focus is on them. Everybody might be looking at them. Everybody, you know, might maybe is hopefully coming over and shaking their hand, yeah. trying to get to know them a little bit. But it is good to try to start a conversation. Just be casual conversation with a guest. Again, icebreaker, making them feel at ease, making them feel at home, helping them to try to, you know, feel, just feel, feel, feel at ease, uh, offering them any, any, uh, ask, answering any of their questions, offering any kind of help that you can offer them in that, those awkward few minutes before the, um, before the service starts. Yeah. Uh, in, in the course, it's, it's that, like you said, not to be overzealous and, uh, you know, so we used to, in some churches like to gather information, um, of their guests when they first walk in. And I said, that's not the right time to get guest information. They may not, they don't know what they're stepping into. They don't know. And we're talking about nuts and bolts. So just something for me was when a guest comes in, introduce yourself to them. If we have a, if we have a, a can possibly have a, an usher or somebody walk them to their, their seats. Are you here with somebody? Ask them simple questions, right? Are you, are you here with somebody? Are you here by yourself? I'm here with so-and-so or let me go find them for you. Um, and then let them go. And then after service, if they like the service, then we say, we have a guest service area for you. If you would like, uh, we have a gift for you to say, thank you for being here. And we'd love to gather some information about you. So some people get their information first. I thought it was appropriate to get the guest information. Brother Wilkes, how do you guys do it at your church? Well, we get the information uh, first, but I actually like the idea of what you just described. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to add with what Brother Schnitzer is saying, um, and I'm speaking obviously from a pastor's perspective, yeah. <clears throat> sometimes in our churches we can see the need for a process um, like, like Brother Schnitzer is describing, and we have two or three people that we need to plug in and we say, well, we're not using them over anywhere. This is a great spot. We can use somebody over here. Maybe they're not even fully discipled yet. Um, I would really strongly suggest using people that are gifted in personnel skills in these yeah. areas because absolutely me, me personally. And, and again, I'm from a rural area and I can, I can get past a building that maybe d- doesn't look spectacular, not, you know, uh, not everywhere is going to look like FAC or somewhere. I can probably get past some things like that. I, you know, you can say, well, uh, they don't have a lot of money or they're not able to do certain things. But um, I, it's hard for me to get past a really bad interaction with a person. Mm-hmm. And, so, so explain that. What do you mean by that? Like, if well, you said- I, for instance, I think the greeters at Walmart uh, yeah. illustrate my point completely. Um, at our our Walmart uh, back home. If you go in in the doors on the left, like Monday through Friday, uh, it's probably the one of the rudest people you ever meet in your life. Really? So I intentionally go through the right door, even if uh, I'm going over to the grocery side. Yeah. I just don't want to fool with that. Yeah. And so I, I, what I'm saying though is, don't just plug anyone into those roles because they 
you know, they're not on the platform type ministries. Right, exactly. Because they're important because you can have a great building, you can have the music in the parking lot, you can have all those things, which is great. Right. But if that first person that greets them is rude, yeah, they they probably are going to forget about the music and the parking lot and the beautiful building. Yeah. And so I would, I just, I, sometimes as leaders, we're just, I, I feel like we overlook the importance of every role in the church. Mm-hmm. And I know we have to use people and plug people in, but uh, having someone who's got some charisma in your hostess team and greeting team, I think is important as well. Yeah. Uh, that's just uh, yeah. my two cents on that. Yeah. And you're absolutely more right. Than two and and more I than two have, cents. um, I have seen situations when I've come to churches where sometimes we'll have a tendency because we think the greeter or something is a lesser simple role just to stick anybody on the front that, door. And they, that's exactly yeah, what I was and, trying to yeah, say. And yeah. they, and they, and they don't belong there. Exactly. And what we have to understand it is that it is a very important role yeah. that that frontline person has to be someone uh, very personable, very conversational, and so forth to to, to to bridge that first few minutes of coming into the door and just uh, b- breaking the ice with them, just get, getting that getting that comfort level, and let them one one and let mm-hmm. let them let it be someone that would view that as a ministry. Absolutely, that, yeah. it, that it's an important role. Absolutely, well, and see, and that comes again. See, you know, you, you, we, this is why I say this opens up a whole other areas when we talk about that because then now you're now you're delving into culture. You know, see, I, I teach a lot about reaching reaching the lost souls, and I firmly believe there's not just a couple of superstar soul winners in a church. What you want to become is a soul winning church, right? And that that that's a whole atmosphere or a whole culture that is created by helping people to realize that every single role, from the person that cleans the bathrooms to the greeter to the praise singers, to everybody, ultra workers, everybody has a part in reaching a lost soul. Everybody has a part. If any one of those goes bad, somebody is mistreated at the altar, the greeter is not as kind or as friendly or is not as uh, you know, adept at their role as they should be, any one of those things go, go wrong, and you can, you can taint a, a, uh, a, the, the path to, uh, to salvation for, for an individual. All those things have to work together harmoniously for uh, you know, a guest to start out as a guest, a stranger in the congregation, so to speak, and end up uh, a member, a member of that congregation. Some things have to be in place. Things have to be aligned mm-hmm. for for that to take place. You know, when a guest walks in, we can't fly, so to see, so to speak, by the seat of our pants and say, "Oh, we got a guest today. Let me think. What we're going to do here? What are we going to do with them?" There should already be a clear process laid out for every guest who walks through our door. Right. A game plan in place for that guest. And, uh, uh, where, you know, where, where they go, each, each next yeah. step of what they're going to do, how you're going to contact them, how you're going to respond, when you're going to get the information. Brother Traxel mentioned that they at uh, his church get the information. At the end, we at FAC get the information most of the times at the beginning. Uh it, 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 it even differs the way we get the information, how, how we get that information. We use e-forms. We use, um, you know, iPads. and, and we do iP- the same thing. Yeah. D- yeah. It's nice. Right. And uh, getting the information, trying to do away with the, with, with, with the paper and so forth. We get the information conversationally rather than just putting something into the guest's hands in talking Talking to the individuals as much as as much as possible uh, when when they're coming in and so forth. So some of those things vary. It depends on what's working for you. But obviously, 
at some point we want to get the information on the guests. I mean, if we're not, and we're letting guests walk in and walk right. back out, then we're, then we're not being very wise stewards with, you know, walk in potential into our con, uh, into our congregation. So at some point we need to be able to get guest information. And I don't want to, why don't you kind of direct us here where you want to go from here with this? Yeah, uh, well, I was going to say as, for, as pastors, I'd also remind people to think like a guest and we, I know we've talked about that, but uh, we've said this before. Our church members will go to our come to our church every Sunday faithfully. If we've got broken windows, if we've got long grass, they may think to themselves, boy, the grass is long. And they may say, wonder when we're going to cut it again. But that's not going to stop them from coming to the building because they're members of the church. But when you stop thinking like a guest, you wonder, why don't people want to come to our church? Because it looks like your church is closed down. No one's cut the grass in a while. And you got to assume how a guest thinks. And when you do that, you'll start noticing paper on the floor. You'll start noticing the way the, come on, folks, let's be real, the bathroom smell. I mean, the bathrooms are, I think, are overlooked. We've redone our men's bathroom. When you guys get a chance, go check out our bathroom. It's really awesome. But anyway, so all those little details about how, how you said, what things smell like and all these things, those are major issues. You, you have to think like a guest. Yeah. We got a, we got a, back home, we got a little, uh, a grease spoon restaurant and um i don't i don't go there and um, a lot of people in the community do and the reason that i don't is because um the whole experience there is terrible huh. the food's good okay but for me i don't feel like enduring the bad experience yeah. i i guess and this is what i say say to our crew back home i don't want someone to have to overcome a bad experience to hear the gospel. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the key. That's you true. Know? And and yeah. that's that is our job. Yeah. yeah. It's our, it's it and I don't want to go too far here. You guys can dial this back if I do. Oh. But we almost need to see it. It's part of sharing the gospel. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. part of the experience. The, yeah. That's yeah. so good. So, yeah. Well, you know, so so often when a guest comes in, our mindset can be Right off the bat, we want to win this person. Our goal, we, we want to win this person to the Lord. We've, we've, got, to, we've got to win this soul. We've got to see them baptized. We've got to, we, we've got to pray them through to the Holy Ghost. And, and, and in many ways, obviously, that, that is our ultimate goal. But it means, needs to be more of a subliminal goal, not a blatantly obvious goal to a guest walking in the door. You, got to, you, you picture being in a situation where... When we walk into a church, we we sell the gospel. That's what we do. Yeah. We we're, yeah. we're 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 an establishment that sells the gospel of Jesus Christ. So picture walking into any any store, guys. Picture walking into a suit store, and immediately you're accosted by a salesperson who wants to direct you to the suits he wants to sell that day. Mm. He's in, he's insistent and persistent upon you not taking a casual uh, st- uh, stroll through the store and viewing the different suits and the quality of them and where your section might be of the things that you like or even what you might be shopping for that day. But he's directing you and guiding you and insisting that you you, you buy a suit right then. Uh, I don't know what kind of personality you have, but that is obnoxious to me and makes me want to walk out of the store. I can't shop. Yes. I can't shop in that. I can't shop in that environment. And so, you know, we can we can be the same in the face of uh, if, if, if we're not training our people and talking about it, we can be the same and uh, uh, have the, uh, a guest walk away with the same sense about us. What I teach and what I believe when I'm working with uh, various churches is our goal when a guest comes through the door is a very, very simple, 
doable uh, procedure. And that is a very simple, a very simple goal that we have because it's all that we can control. We're not the Lord of the harvest. We don't convert the heart of man. We can't control that situation. We have to worry about and concern ourselves with what we can control. And that is to make the path very smooth, very pleasant to that relationship with the Lord. So what our goal is, that simple goal is this, that they come back again. That's simple. Our goal is that every guest wants to come back again. So we need to leave them with some feeling that makes them want to come back again for more. And that has everything to do with what they feel, what they see, what they sense when they walk through the door. It has to do with the worship team. It has to do with how they're treated and handled at an altar. It has to do with the message. All those things need, need to be aligned. There's no, no, there's no question about it that it has to be, it has to be a, a good message. There has to be a move of the Holy Ghost. It has to be a, you know, a, a, a good spirit of worship. All those things that, uh, that a person that comes to an apostolic church, I guess, is, 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 is looking for, really. Good worship, good message, good presence of the Lord. But it has to be, it has to be delivered in such a way that it, is, um, that it breaks through some barriers with them, puts them in a, in a, in a, in a receptive frame of mind, an open frame of mind, and, and a sense that here's the people that I feel like I can be a part of. And that's kind of a good segue. Um, I, I think on the church aspect of just having church, I think the apostolic people blow all the other churches out of the water just on the actual depth of church, right? Because we believe no in the moving of the spirit. We, no I don't think any church that does not have a spirit in their church we're going to blow them out of the water because you can't, you cannot, yeah. you know, program is a bad substitute for spirit and anointing. So when it comes to apostolic church worship, you said we have to have a good service. I think most of us have good moves of God. And so the, the number one thing that, that people would say, uh, art is if they don't come back is, well, they didn't really want it. They weren't really hungry for. I tell myself that all the time. <laughs> they don't come That's back. Very true. And so let, let, let's let's look at the let, let's let that jump into our next yeah. um, portion of this podcast. They're is is once once it. once you've you've gotten someone to come to your, once someone's come to your church, which is a miracle in itself, right? The fact that they had a they had a bust through hell to get here. They've had a good a good reception. People were welcoming. They were warm. They came to church. They sat on the pew. They heard heard a good word. They heard, you know, if Brother Wilkes preached, and I don't know about myself, they heard, they heard something <laughs> yeah. good. They can say, we've had good church, and they can smile, and, 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 and you talk to them on the, on the pew after service. You got to know their name, their kids, where they're from. They were just looking for a church, and you felt really good about that experience, and then they ghost you. You never see them again, and you're thinking, what on earth? Did I not wear deodorant that day? Wow. <laughs> and the, the, this is the struggle. The struggle would be, one thing, it would be, if your guest that never comes back again could say, you know, this is why I didn't come back, A, B, and C. Do you know how great that would be for the church? We could say, guys, we've had four guests that came for the first time that never came back a second time, and it's because of A, B, and C. And and hopefully it's not the preacher. <laughs> hopefully it's something else. But, man, that could be great. Because everyone wants to know, how was your experience with this store? How was your experience purchasing online? Mm-hmm. They want to know, well, if the, the problem with, for us is the guests are never going to tell you why they're not coming back. They just don't show up. And that's hard to bear when you think, man, I broke through. We had good service. So what what what's what gives here when it comes to get guests mm-hmm. to come back the second time? What should a church be doing to get them to well, make the second trip? Right. 
Can, there's can a, this, I say this something real quick though, about mm-hmm. the service? Go ahead. And this is just my opinion. Take it with as many grains of salt. A as little, you choose. A few, few grains, a few grains. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and I agree, obviously, that, that the spirit moving in an apostolic church is unmatched yeah. by, by, and we're, we're thankful for that, obviously. Yeah. Um, where I think even the service where it leaves a bad impression is any part of the service that seems like it's been done very arbitrarily. We last minute, we selected that song the last minute it's, it's the synthesizing of the spirit with what we're doing. Now that's not, I'm not saying let's plan God out of it. Yeah. God can have it whenever he wants to, to take over. But again, and, and we mentioned FAC earlier, that's a great example of even watching online, not being there, you can see the intentionality of what they're doing, yep. uh, how it's all coming together for that one culminating moment where someone would have a chance to respond. Any part of that process where someone is not uh, involved in, in that intentionality, I think that's where even to a guest is like, well, that didn't fit. That was off. Yeah, you know, yeah, and so we've been discussing that back home. Uh, we we've had some moments where, sort of, feel like at altar service or at the end, we kind of fumbled it a little bit, and so we've been working on being a little more intentional about uh, making sure that that's just as much a part of uh, a worship practice as the worship set. That yeah. that's that's not a afterthought. So the spirit's going to do what only the spirit can right. do. But we really need to work hard to do the rest. Yeah, to make that overall experience good. I right, think. that's so. good. Good point. Returning guests, someone coming back a second time. What did what did a church do right that gets them to come back a second time, as opposed to a church that never sees a guest again? Outside of saying, well, they just weren't hungry for it. Right. First of all, understand. Obviously, we all know we're, we've been around long enough to know that not everybody is going to return. Right. So. Depending on the number of guests you get, I mean, if you get, you know, 10% that for whatever reason don't come back again, I mean, that's just statistics. That's just the way, that's the way that it is. If you get 90% that don't, then you got to look and say, right. we're, do, we're, we're yeah. doing something wrong. What, yeah. what are we doing wrong? Right. So there's several ways to address that. First of all, you said you never know why they don't come back. Now, we, there, are, there are churches that do, and I, I, I like this. We, we, we don't do it at, at FAC, but I, I do like this. But I like, a, I like to have a little bit of an exit survey where you can text them, uh, you know, a little thing to see what they're, you know, asking some leading question to see exactly what they felt, what they experienced, what they thought of their experience. And, um, uh, and you know, making sure that the, the survey is worded in such a way that it's not going to be responded to in the sense that, you know, question further why they felt that way or what the, why they didn't like that or, you know, why they why they said that but it's just an honest survey hey give us a quick impression your impression of your experience at FAC today or whatever whatever church and uh, so that's one way to begin to uh, uh, get some statistics down to see exactly why why a person may not be coming back or a, a, a pattern of people not coming back but the other thing is we, we, we have an address and what we need to talk about that ties in with this is what kind of follow-up is, is, is going on. What are, you, what are you doing for follow-up? Are we sending a thank you card? Is there a, a phone call? Is there an email? Is there a text? Uh, 
different churches use different methods, whatever, whatever is working for you, but there should be some kind of a simple follow-up. You can, we, you, we can overdo the follow-up. I don't believe in a real intensive follow-up, but some casual follow-up that does at least acknowledge that they were there and that we are interested in their, you know, where, where they are right now spiritually, what their, what their search is about, how we can, how we can help them in, 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 in any way. Uh, so there, there, there is that. And another option is, especially for small churches, if you're able to, uh, getting together with guests, uh, what, a couple of guests, if you've got a, a few guests, to take them out for lunch or whatever, take, take, to get together with them or offer to uh, take them out to breakfast during, during, during the week, connecting with them in some way. People are about connections. People yeah. are about relationship. When guests come to our church, they're not looking for doctrine. They're looking for more in their walk with God. They're looking right. for relationship, and so um, we, we can we can you know aid in trying to you know trying to to uh, to fill that role. You know, as I as I mentioned, there's no there's no science to guest follow up or or right. when to get the information. The key overall, in in my estimation, again, is making sure that they enter and leave with a very positive uh, perception of, uh, of what took place. Uh, most, most guests also, by the way, let me, let me just throw, throw this in there. Most people, by a huge margin, by a huge margin, I won't get into surveys and so forth, but statistically, most people that end up getting into relationship in a church, getting a relationship with that church, with the Lord in that church, already have a pre-existing relationship with someone in that church, a yeah. friend, a relative, a business associate, or a neighbor. There is already a pre-existing. Most just cold calls or, or cold walk-ins are not the ones statistically that are the ones that are really going to be the ones that stay yeah, ultimately. True. So so the, the other, the other uh, issue there is... Who is it that is their connection? How is that con how how is that connection working with that individual? Uh, we've had you know reaching reaching a soul often takes several layers of people yeah. in the church to finally ultimately win them. We have had people that have uh, you know come to church through one couple or an invitation from one couple. And then maybe that couple, for example, in the way that, that I operate, doesn't do a, a Bible study. And I find out that they're coming, and we may meet them and talk to them, and they're interested in, in learning more, and they're interested in the Bible study. And then we can, we can usher them along to that next level in their relationship through, through a home Bible study. Yeah. So they're kind of like hand, hand, handed off in that way. And that's why I say that it's good, for uh, culturally speaking, to train up a church in a mindset that we 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 we're in this together, we're yeah. re we're reaching these people together. It's a, it's a team effort. It's not a solo effort, and every every um, every aspect of what we do counts toward attracting attracting that person to the Lord. And, and let me just ask this: Do you think the question to ask a first time guest, and, and this can be anybody, everybody has a different take on this? But to before they leave there, ask them to get them plugged into a Bible study before they even leave. 
does that seem aggressive or it depends on the, the I mean, it, me, it's it, yeah. the, the organic conversation is the big thing, right? I mean, they, they're open to it. Yes. They really enjoyed it. Oh, you, you love it. Let's, would you be interested in, because in, me and my wife, we love to have people over our house for Bible study. If we can get that, we can get four weeks at our house with a guest and have come over. But that, it all depends. You got to feel out the conversation. This is, this is a good time for me to plug my first point. Okay. Yeah. That you got to have the right people doing that job. Right. So they can fill that person out. Right. Uh, me, my personality. Yeah. I would not want to be asked that my first uh, time to, to get, to get invested in a Bible study. I'm, yeah. I'll let you know. That's yeah. And that's just me. But someone who is a good conversationalist. Yeah. Can read that moment. And yeah. they will know that that's why it's so key. Yeah. If you can find those people to, to yeah. plug them into those. Well, some people sw- will will die by the fact that you got to get them a Bible study plugged in their first time, and they're they're adamant about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, right. I mean, and again, I mean, as much as I love home Bible studies and so forth, it's not something that personally. And I mean, obviously, there's going to be different opinions on this, but I personally would not be immediately with a new guest their first time there unless you, like Brother really Wilkes that, yeah. is talking about, you really sense an open door that's why again it's an art it's not a science right. it's you, you, you know you feel people out you work with them and um you know you offer these things now it's not, it's not a bad idea and and i know brother carpenter does this often and uh at different points at different at different times that he'll he'll preach he will he will mention that um that we do these bible studies if anybody would be interested in learning more about the bible or our doctrine or whatever uh, to see one of our readers or usher right. or whatever, and we can uh, get them involved. We do Bible studies and so forth. So he he does throw it out that way. So that's just a kind of a catch-all type yeah. of thing. But as far as uh, an individual invitation, if unless that door was obvious, that somebody was really expressing a hunger and asking even, you know, which we've had people ask, do you guys do uh, do Bible studies and uh, or, or any other classes that we can be involved in? course we we do but what i'm what i'm saying is here without that obvious invitation that obvious open door uh, of of that particular person but but you do sense there is interest and so forth that to me is the opportunity to go to the next level as far as getting together with them during the week for coffee for breakfast for lunch something as you're able to do and from that the conversation would be more uh, amenable to even approaching the idea of if they're interested we do you know personal personal home bible studies and so forth we actually had an individual in the church that i'm doing my wife and i are doing a bible study with right now this precious couple in in the church that uh he started out in my discipleship class came a couple of times and he he quit right and come to find out my wife got talking to him come to find out um that he wanted he, he, he was thinking that it was a personal home Bible study, and he wanted something more personal for him and his wife. Oh. He didn't want to be in a yeah. class situation with discipleship. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're, we're teaching them now, and oh. it's, a, you know, so it was oh. kind of like a strange situation, but yeah. he didn't want to be in a class situation. Yeah. He wanted a personal home Bible study. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of uh, interesting and a little, little bit different. But um, all kind of people out there. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't push it on a on a on a first time guest but i would surely make sure that it's known that it's available let me let me slide in here and mention one other thing also that has been uh uh you know a great blessing to us one of the things that we invite 
any any newcomers to any of our guests, whether they're even move-ins or whether they're 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 newcomers to the church, is to go through our our uh, our um, welcome home series. We call it a welcome home series. It's four weeks. It's on Sunday mornings after the service, and um, it it gives people a good idea of what FAC is about. We tour the campus on the fourth week. They have um, uh, lunch in our coffee shop with uh, the pastoral family and so forth and some other uh, ministry leaders. Uh, and through that process, they're introducing things about the Bible study, introducing discipleship class, introducing our small groups, letting them know the various things and opportunities that they have to get connected, which is what we need to do with guests, try to get them connected to the body as quickly as possible. That really is the goal because it's that connection and relationship that keeps people really, and I hate to say it this way, but it's true, doctrine is really secondary to them. They're looking for a place that they can feel at home with their family to worship God. When they realize that doctrine is different, that they are missing something, well, you know, that's when, that's when, they make the move that we're all praying and believing God for and making that move to be baptized, receive the Holy Ghost and so forth. But originally, initially, uh, they're, they're coming just to check us out and wanting to want to see what we're about and what they can get involved in and, and oftentimes just how they can, they can grow in the Lord. And so you've got to have a path for them to get involved in those things. Yeah. And so, and then I'm gonna, I'll, again, I'm going to throw in on that small group, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be real big to have small groups there, you know, there, there's a great value in small groups, they do a lot of the um, heavy lifting, so to speak, in making sure that people aren't falling through the cracks relationally. It, there's, um, there's also, um, and I, I don't want to step away from that too much. I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Me and my wife, if we can, as pastor, we will take people out to eat, um, get get lunch. And then if we have lunch with them, then we'll ask them if they would like to do a Bible study at our, at our, at our house. And we like to do a few weeks with them. Um, so if you can get them small groups, does, does FAC do small groups by oh, chance? Yeah. Do you guys do on a regular basis? You yes. guys have like cell groups, whatever. And is that for people with like different likes, like all the hunters no. will go in the small group? No. And all. They, no. Some churches are do, breaking into no. like your, your likes and we, some of that. We did do that for a while. I'm, I don't think we're doing that anymore. We don't do that. We have regular small groups now. Yeah. And uh, people can get any small group they want. Now, you know, obviously, people will go toward, you know, maybe a certain age group or, you know, there's a youth small groups. There's, uh, I believe we have a small group for, you know, that have tendency to have more of the trendsetters in there. Um, uh, we're in a small group that's got a whole a mix of, uh, of um, folks from the, you know, uh, I would say younger couples. I guess most people are younger than me anymore. <laughs> but younger couples right on up to couples that are closer closer to uh, Debonar's, uh, Debonar's age. And uh, there's, there's just, a, you know, a, a whole variety of um And there's, there's a lot, Brother Stinson, there's a lot of, there's a lot of data out there proving that small groups work. No question. That they're effective with people. No question. And that's, uh, a, that's a side, that's a side night, obviously, midweek Bible study, then small right. group. Is it, is it once a week or is it once a month? Or is ours it? meets, ours meets every other week, twice a month. Well, that's good. Not mm-hmm. too much. I mm-hmm. think sometimes we burn people out. We mm-hmm. wonder how come you're not showing up to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I will say one thing that we really like started using, we, we, we did, and of course we're talking about getting them to come back or follow up with people. Uh, we did get rid of our paper handout, like fill-ins. Now I know a lot of churches will give the, the paper 
get your information during offering. Yeah. You you got a bulletin, and l- we could do a podcast on bulletin making because that's a full time job in itself. You know, you you got to have someone that's willing to do those bulletins each week or once a month, and during those bulletins, you can tear out or whatever, and you can write the information in there and put it in the offering plate or whatever. Um, but what we've done is we've gone away with all paper and we've gone to planning center over here in the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we've gone away with paper and now we have tablets and so they can just plug in all their information. in. the cool thing is uh, with planning center, once they hit send, they it immediately shoots to three of us, myself, our administrative pastor, and I think one other person. And we'll say in, in, in our, our first impressions team leader, We'll say Kathleen just came in, first time guest, and it'll say all the things she was here with so and so, and I'll have her email and I'll have her phone number, and so we'll, we'll, it's very easy for us to follow we, up with her. We use Planning Center. Also. It's great, yeah. yeah it's, so, and it, I think it's pretty cheap. It, 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 it's it's prorated for I don't want to say prorated, but scaled for how big your church mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. and so if you're a small church, you can you can get this program and you can get a, a tablet. Um, it's it's great for follow up. What we were doing before is they would fill in the paper, and our, our leader would take a picture of all these papers and and text it to me, and so we've kind of updated that. Um, we were well. using Jot forms. We use Jot forms for a lot of the forms that we do. Uh, they're so versatile uh, in in building Jot forms. But I believe now for the guests, they've gone to the, the planning center. Yeah, for just the, the guests. But we use the tablets or the yeah. iPhones also, and yeah, for that information. So, so today we've been forty-four minutes already in our conversation. Wow. So, uh, one thing is, it's, it's a miracle they've come in the first place. Let's 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 work on that miracle. Let's love people when they get here. Um, not everybody's going to come back, but those that come back, you know, let it, let us help them reach their goals. Um, you know, make sure the church looks good. Think like a guest. Uh, you know, try try to land some outside and kind of breaking some things down. Try to land some outside groups or meeting outside of church and which is great because sometimes it's hard to really feel someone out in the in the the area of the church it's good to get away and let them see that we're real regular people we're, we're just real people we have kids we have you know kids are in sports and those things like that but um so yeah is there is there anything i guess i would i would closing comments for me would be you know obviously from the missions america department we would love to help if, if yes. it's a process you need help with uh uh, you you were you said we have the guru, yeah. and I say that respectfully, but we would love to help you with that. Uh, one thing also, and I guess I would close with this: uh, Brother Schnitzer teaches on culture, and you can have a great process, but the most important thing is have a culture of loving people. Right, absolutely. Love them, love them through the front doors. Love them while they're in the pews. Love them on their way out. Absolutely, yeah, that, that goes a long way. Yeah, it that goes, authenticity. That's right. So, uh, what a great topic. What a great topic. Rev, you want to say anything before we? Uh... Just being, I have to echo uh, what Brother Wilkes just said. I mean, being being authentic, not forcing a relationship. You know, people can people can tell genuineness, people that are genuine, that are natural, uh, and not um, mm-hmm. uh, forcing an issue or, or acting in some way that is not really them, you know, putting on, putting on a, a, you know, a show to to act friendly, but really not really being attuned or focused on that individual. And uh, people can sense that, you know, they come in when a guest comes in the door, they come in, boy, with their sensors open, they're checking out a place and they're, they're looking at everything. They're looking at everything from the cleanliness to the bathrooms. Again, that first impression to, 
how they're, how they're treated by people. And so we just want to make sure that we do our very best in making sure that they come back again. And that's the key, that they come back again. Well, thank you, Reverend Art, for your time and, and for the information. Thank you, Pastor Wilkes, for joining us. We hope that you uh, enjoyed what you heard. If you want to continue following the Missions America Department, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Missions America, and you can find us on Instagram, Missions America. Uh, we've got lots of information for you. We're also, um, we're, we're starting back up, it is, is our It Matters. We're going to be uh, running through uh, tools and re- resources each month to help uh, you and your church growth, uh, dealing with uh, things that you deal with, trying to win people. It's all about souls. And remember, you are called by God to do the work that you're doing, and He God doesn't make mistakes. So have a great, great time, and uh, God bless you, and we will talk to you soon.